and discerning listeners and uh, as always we're excited to bring you uh, every Wednesday afternoon your favorite business development program on radio Masterclass and Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and is brought to you by Goyle Goyle they say good energy Goyle Yanara Yedia it's uh, the 26th day of May uh, 2021 and you're tuning in to Joy 99.7 FM. Masterclass comes your way every Wednesday afternoon from 1.30 p.m. all the way to 2.15 p.m. on this super dial 99.7 FM. Uh, it's the fourth uh, month of the year. Um, no, sorry, we're in the fifth month. Yes, it's the fifth month, the 26th day of the fifth month. And uh, it's therefore something you'd want to be able to rise up, move, do some good things uh, for yourself. And um, as they say, time and tide waits for no man. I am not Yabanafo, who is your regular host. My name is Inshira Addo, and I will be your host uh, for today's episode of uh, Masterclass. So, just to remind you, we're streaming live on uh, Facebook at uh, Joy ninety nine point seven FM, and you can also watch us uh, right there. And uh, if you should prefer to have an audio visual experience, that would be the way to go. Last week, we started a conversation on bookkeeping and accounting for small businesses. Uh, today, we continue with the conversation, and joining us for the conversation is a senior finance consultant at First Code Management Services, Mr. Cord De Graft. Johnson. Mr. DeGraff Johnson, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. I followed your conversation with Yalbana for last week and uh, super insightful. And I'm sure that today uh, will be no exception. So you shared a few thoughts um, with us on the simple principles uh, like liquidity, cash flow, profit, depreciation. You also went on to uh, explain how small businesses, uh, you know, can absolutely or the importance of absolutely keeping records you know uh, recording everything that comes in what goes out so that your profitability is very clear to you at the end of the day 
Um, what was uh, important in that conversation of note was that any good financial person, once they pick up your financials, will expect a certain trajectory um, to the numbers that have been presented. Yeah. Uh, they must tell a certain story. And if there's a disconnect between the numbers you present and the story they tell or, you're suppo- or they are supposed to tell, then you will be found out to have not kept your books well. Uh, that's where you hear expressions like people cooking the books uh, and things like that. And so today we will continue and we're privileged to have us uh, back in the studio, uh, Mr. Kwal Degoff Johnson. So I'm not going to take too much of your time. I think that the audience would love to hear more from you. So I'll hand over to you. Um, again, you're welcome. All right, thank you. Last week, we basically looked at bookkeeping. That's right. That is just recording all the transactions events, operations of the business in monetary terms. Mm-hmm. That I said, any business owner, you don't have to be an accountant to be able to do that. Now, so the accountant moves in after you've got this bookkeeping data, which I call data mm-hmm. in that sense. Then he will analyze it, classify it, summarize it to give you the financial statements. And these financial statements now are information mm-hmm. which can be interpreted and used for decision making. Mm-hmm. Now, the financial statements are what represents the business in entirety. Okay. Now, you know that if you're setting up any business, there's risk. Absolutely. And that is what the business owners who don't want to prepare financial statements don't seem to understand. There are all kinds of agencies, governments, banks, and others who want to support SMEs. Now, in order to get uh, funding from them, you need to meet some minimum requirements. One of them is present your financial statement so we look at it. And you don't have the proper thing. So as soon as any uh, analyst looks at it, he can tell that this is not something I can rely on. And you don't get it. You know. So today I want to look at the side that you are the bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. of your, you are, You've done the bookkeeping. That's right. You've called in some professional call accountant. Maybe the auditor has even come. And they presented financial statements to you. Or you're a director of some company or the other, they presented financial statements to you. Mm -hmm. You are not an accountant. What are the kind of things you must look at to have a sense of what information is being given to you? Because you're going to take key decisions on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So we know from what I said last week that uh, most of us understand PNL, your income statement. That's right. Your balance sheet, your cash flow, Mm -hmm. the notes that go with it, and then, of course, the changes in equity. Now, I'm going to go one by one and be slow down a bit. That's so right. they've put a PNL in front of you. And what do you look at? And we always tell people that you just have to go back to the mathematics or arithmetic you did in secondary school. Okay. And use that kind of analysis. So I'm going to go through that because you can, the financial statements are subject to analysis. Mm-hmm. And I'll call them vertical. That means you're comparing figures on the same line. Okay. Horizontal, that is your comparing across years. And then the accountant now comes in with a sophisticated one that involves statistical things. But mm-hmm. the two, the horizontal and vertical, anybody can do. Can do that, yeah. Or you need to take your calculator or use your Excel. So let's take the basic one. Let's say you're in business. You okay. sold something for 20 Ghana. You bought it for 15 Ghana. So you made a profit of five, five. CDs. That's right. That is what we basically call gross profit, the mm-hmm. first line for Because you haven't taken out your other costs. So That's you have business, right. Now, there's some mathematics you can do. 
the five CDs, what percentage is it of the sales you made? Mm-hmm. So five over 20, that's one over four, that's 25%. Okay, so 25% then you yeah. call that 25% your gross profit. Mm-hmm. Now, you had five. Now, your other, other expenses, like okay, maybe your own salary and things, maybe it was three CDs. You take that one out. By taking it, that means every conceivable expense you can think of, which came from that, you've taken out. So now you're left with two CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, two. Now, two over 20, right? That is that's one, one over... Uh-huh. Yeah. So that immediately gives you a percentage then, 10%. Mm-hmm. And that's what you will call your net profit margin. Right. So the gross profit yeah. is profit you've made from your transaction. The direct uh, cost. You know, not all your costs. Yeah, the direct the ones. Direct ones. So yes. the direct price of your transaction. Yes, and the direct and expense. And the direct expense. Yes. And now you have to calculate all the other costs. So your yes. statutory and your other rent, costs, all, all those of other that. things. Uh-huh. What you're left with is now your net, net profit. profit. Okay. Yes. But then the taxman will come in a bit before you can say the rest is yours. That's right. <laughs> yes. Now, so you have that percentage. Now, assuming that was for 2019. Then, um, 2020, COVID setting. Mm-hmm. So, instead of 20 you sold, it was now 10. Mm-hmm. Right? And let's go right and say, instead of making a gross margin of 25%, it reduced now to 20. Okay. Now, you have a comparison. That tells you straight. You see, you use percentage because then it's a, a common platform mm-hmm. to compare various years and so on. Uh-huh. So 9%, the figures are different, but percentage is giving you the same level of measure. Mm-hmm. So now you realize, oh, last year I did 25%. Oh, no, two years ago I did 25%. Now I've done 20 It should now tell you, oh, I didn't do so well. Maybe going down, instead of 10%, you now made 5% net profit margin. That's correct. So now it's clear to you that, oh, you didn't do too well. But that's on, now this is what I'm calling the uh, vertical. Mm-hmm. Now you have the horizontal. You can look at it that last year it was 20 of the previous, um, <laughs> we are in yeah. yeah, you 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 had twenty. Mm-hmm. Now you had ten. There's a difference of ten. That's right. So you are now looking at increase and decrease over the previous year. This is the horizontal. Okay. So it went down. So ten over twenty. That's fifty percent. So now you know that your sales figure went down by fifty percent. So you can do this line by line by line, and now and especially with expenses. Mm-hmm. So now you call the person who prepared it. Why did sales go down, right? Especially if you analyze and find maybe you, you sell four different types of products. So you have been able to do that for each line. So it will tell you the various percentage that composite gave you that um, 50%. Why didn't we do well this year? And I told you, because of this or that, then you are getting better insight into your business. From the information yes. provided. You're not come to the... Um, expenses, for example. Hey, why did the salaries go up 31%? I know, so, 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 these are top managers. They resigned. I thought that it would go down. Mm-hmm. So, sir, you remember there was a salary increase that we brought in. So, the salary increase and then those other staff we took. So, the net of it is this 31% increase. See, so, you do this kind of analytical review. Just using mathematics, mm-hmm. increase or decrease, and just relationships. Then it starts to give you information. And you ask questions. Because this will then give you an idea of what you're doing. For example, if you went to a bank, an average bank, will ask you for three years. So at least it will give you three measures for which you can get at least two comparisons. As you said, it starts to set a trend. Mm-hmm. Are you doing well or you're not doing well? What are the um, reasons and so on? Now, mind you, the 
accountant has to prepare accounts according to a certain set of rules. Mm-hmm. So all the key figures that will be necessary for decision making, he has to make it. Um, we call them disclosures. He has to disclose them. Just in case you took a loan, mm-hmm. the interest you want to see, you want to know your depreciation, you want to know what salaries you gave, and you want to know what you gave to your directors, you right. want to know your audit fees, we want to know, let's say, electricity. No, there are clear categories so that it's comparable with it, even other companies. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, so that will give you an idea what the uh, profit and loss statement can give you. Then you will probably then look at your balance sheet. Now, one of the first things I tell people to do with balance is that you may see figures, but they may not, when you add them up, be the same. Maybe you can put any. Mm. Uh, because although IT can do that, it's supposed to give you the right. You, you just go by the basic adding. And just check. add. Yes. You have all your assets. They will have a figure, total assets. Mm-hmm. Just look at that figure and see whether it has to put all the liabilities there. And then you, the shareholder, what you have put in. That's right. The two figures, you know, when you add them, the total assets and then the shareholder funds plus the total, they should be the same. Mm. Because there are both sides of it. Of the same, yeah. This is what came in. This is what it has brought in. They should be the same. Just for a mathematical accuracy, because sometimes, you know, these small, small mistakes like the electoral commission, so, you know, small <laughs> mistakes like that can... And it changes the complexion yeah, of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to know whether it's the same. Mm. Then... There are some analysis. The basic one that I think most people want to look at is what I'll call the current assets. Uh, I was explaining last week what current assets mm-hmm. are. Like you have, you have some stock. When you sell it on credit, you are going to get trade debtors. It's when they give the money before you get the cash. That's right. But if you sold it as cash, you get cash. So all <laughs> three of them are easily interchangeable into cash. And okay. those are what we call current assets, Right. The other leg of it is what we call the current liabilities. Mm-hmm. Those who gave you things on credit, so you owe them. Mm-hmm. And maybe you even owe the tax money to your accounts. Now, these are supposed to be transactions that you should execute within a year. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is that anybody looking at your accounts and that you are the man you are looking. Now, let's say all your current assets was converted to cash and it was, say, 200. Then all the liabilities there are 100. It means mm-hmm. if you cleared everything from your bank to pay all you owed, you will still have 100 Ghana as asset. That's right. So they're going to look at the current assets and your current liabilities. So if it's above, and normally you, you, in this example I gave, it will be two to one if you look at it. Double That's right. It's double. Yeah. The, the, the higher it is, the more you are able to pay your debtors as due. So if it were the reverse, you have only 100 in your bank and then you owe 200. It means if you took all that money and paid, you still owe. And that's high risk. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you have to look at these kinds of comparisons. And it gives you an idea of what is taking place. Then, I think I'll, I'll go and then jump to the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Because I, the cash flow. You see what you mentioned, depreciation. Mm-hmm. What we see in the balance sheet is not the actual value of, say, the fixed assets you have. Okay. We have discounted it by wear and tear. So that figure is not the, you know... So assuming in that year you bought new assets, maybe a few cars or whatever, 60000 or 100000 Or even whatever. furniture. Yes, any of those kind of, yeah. It is in the cash flow you see the actual amount that was used to buy that. Okay. It's also there that you'll find out um, how much you've paid as tax. It's there. The rest of the statements, 
um, will let you know whether people have given you money or you've given you money out. So if um, last year your your creditors were maybe the same 200 mm-hmm. and this year has risen to 300, it means that the creditors have pumped more money into your business, an increase of 100. So you will see increase and decreases in the figures and the current assets and current liabilities. If it is a positive figure, it means money has come in from them. They've given you money. Right. If it is negative, you have sent You are the money. one sending uh-huh. out money. So oh, when you look at the three, it gives you quite an insight on the operations of the entire business. Mind you, somebody else is going to look at it and make decisions on whether you are credit worthy or your risk profile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's going to use it to make a judgment of the financial health of your company. It's going to decide the performance, whether it's acceptable to, and even your business value. Is it falling in value and so on? So you need and, to... Uh, isn't it possible that through that information, the yeah. analysis would also reveal how, the sort of governance you have over your finances? That is precisely the point. Then you come and suddenly realize, hey, we haven't been managing things. The expenses are too high. Um, no, no, no. This and it just gives you reason to start thinking strategic. You know, what kind of changes can we make to improve things? Mm-hmm. If it's a risk, what can we do to mitigate it or reduce the risk? And, you know, improve on performance. Are you getting me? Because most people just don't see it that way. The moment they get the information and take your small calculator or your and start to analyze, you suddenly realize that, hey, 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 these are not what... You know. Last week, for example, I was explaining keeping high cash balances in your current account will end you nothing. Mm. When the banks have told you, you can put it on call, you can put it on fixed deposit, you can even buy treasury bills and end something on it. So all these... Uh, cash management, treasury management functions are there. So it's only when you're looking at your finances in this thing. But this is you, the ordinary non, um, non-accountant who is a manager or business owner. Mm-hmm. Some of the things you look at. Because whatever it is, this is what you're going to present to the outside world. That's the only way they're going to judge the performance of your business. So if you do this thing, you might be able to now see uh, areas that you've gone wrong and need to correct. Because the, sort as you mentioned, the governance aspect of it is showing that if your financial statement has been well prepared, it's clear that you're following all the, it gives an idea that the people running the company know what they are doing. See, people forget, you can go to a play with very good accounts and they start to ask you the manager questions and you don't understand what you are doing. Then... You Yes, so you need to own up, understand what you are doing, and speak to it. But a lot of people, it doesn't matter, do anything for me. And, and you know, whatever information you give to your auditor is what he's going to use. Mm-hmm. So if you hid a lot of things and brought documents to support what you did, that is what he's going to prepare on. on. And maybe if you are giving him more insight, he would have used his understanding to classify things a bit differently because sometimes the kind of description given that will make the accountant put it either A or B or C. I'll give you an example. You know the microfinance companies, the troubles they got to. A lot of them got into trouble because of wrong classification. When you classify something as deposit, it has a different meaning to the regulator Mm. than if it's a borrowing. Okay. And some people just lumped everything into deposit. If it's deposit, 30% of it, you can't use it for lending. That's 20% may have to go into treasury bills and other in cash. 
Bank but is if a straight it was borrower, straight it's outside it. You know, and you have and to get that proper freedom to be able to. But they just felt any money is any money and all those things. So, you know, some of them, by the time they were aware of what they had done, that's. Sh- so that's up on the foot because that's what you sent to the regulator. He calculated certain things on it and he, he said, no, no, you have to shut down. Because, you know, the moment you take money from people, you create a risk that, as it were, government and so on are supposed to look at. Mm-hmm. And so the whole essence of all these things to money risk, we gave you money. Are you able to give it back to us? So if I was a supplier and I wanted to supply your company, with something and you wanted me three months credit or something, I would want to look at your financial statements mm. to see whether it shows that you really always have cash. That your current assets are said that if I gave you, you will be able to honor your back. promise. Yeah. But you are preparing it anyhow and you are unaware that these are the things that will be looked at. Mm. And as I said, these are the fundamental ones we are actually focusing more on the non-accountant. Exactly. These are the things you can... Then then when you ask the accountant and he starts to explain, then you get a fair sense of what you are doing. Mm. Because the moment you go and ask for a loan and you give it to a banker, he will use even more sophisticated ratios, Mm. right? He will start to look at your debt equity. You know, that'd be how much of it you owe, how much of it is your equity. He will look at your total liabilities as against your total assets. He's going to run a whole lot of things determining what kind of risk your financials present to him. And if it's too high, then I'm sorry, they can't help you. Mm. So we keep trying to, here at First Cold, what we are trying to do is to get business owners. Come, let's have a talk. Let's explain things. Take your own business records, for example. We'll go through with you. And explain things. You are a startup. It doesn't matter. Come. We'll share, show you bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Because it's frustrating when even the bankers complain. We have a lot of money. We've sent SME desks at a setup. And when they come, they don't qualify. You know, if and it's because the fundamental thing which is not keeping there. the book is not See, there. That, look, sometimes you can't you look, I'll send you somebody here. Just guide him for six months to a year. Then he will qualify. He's doing good business, but we can't give him money because he's not doing. He won't put the money even in the bank. So every time we are not sure, he's putting himself in the business. Some personal expenses are in, and so so we just say, look, 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 look. The business is separate from you. Understand that, and start separating them so that when somebody is analyzing your business, then we know the taxman comes and he may tax you a whole lot of things because you didn't explain very well that oh the trip you took to, let's say UK. And went with your wife. Matter of your reason you went was business. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time you were doing business, but you went for your wife. That description would change what the taxman is going to see. Oh, this is part of a business. Okay, so maybe part is business, part is this. Or is it part of your entitlement as the owner of the business? We probably put it there that once a year you can take your family out and so on. But if you don't give disclosures... And he sees something he doesn't understand. He'll just add it back and tax you. Then you complain that the tax auditor came and you know, put your records clear. Because there are a lot of discretionary things that are in the um, the, 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 the tax man can exercise. And, and it all starts with ensuring that you are collecting and reporting on the data 
and having a professional help you classify it properly yes so that it follows the right it, it basically satisfies all righteousness yes okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Like that> too. <laughs> okay. uh this is master class and it's coming to you live from joy 99.7 it's um 150 Four, I believe, and uh, as you know, this is brought to you by Goyle. And uh, here's some very important uh, information. Now, we're all going cashless, and uh, it's never been this convenient and exciting. Goyle e-payment system is now compatible with GH Link, the national payment platform. Uh, now you can use your GH Link card on Goyle POS machine to purchase fuel. GH Link card offers additional payment options for four purchases at Goyle stations and in addition to the Go card. Every four purchase is recorded automatically on your monthly statement, helping cardholders track and manage their expenses. So, my friends, go ahead and use your GH Link card to buy fuel and all lubricants from any of Goals over 400 stations across Ghana. Going cashless and per- go cashless and protect yourself and stick to all the COVID-19 protocols in these times. Goil, good energy. Goil, yenarayedia. It's very interesting. Goyle is even promoting record keeping <laughs> by providing, uh, you know, the records of every four patches that's yeah. done using yes. this card. Businesses are often said to, you know, at the start, you're not an accountant. You have a big dream of starting something great, but you're in this small space. You're recording. You go to lunch with a prospective customer. You pay for it. How do you ensure that in collecting all these records, is there a, a way or is just record everything that yes, you spend? that is what we were calling bookkeeping. It's essentially recording okay. every transaction or event mm-hmm. or operation concerning the business. Yes. And since it's money, it's monetary terms. Mm-hmm. Like that is all that there is, bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. So... I went to lunch today with so-and-so. I bought fuel, so-and-so. Then I also mentioned what we call source documents. Yeah. They are usually documents that go with your purchases, your sales, and so on. For example, go out promoting this. It gives you some, what's the coupon? A coupon, or whatever, a receipt, or whatever. A receipt yeah. uh-huh. So all these give evidence mm-hmm. that you actually spent the money or you received the money. So we can tell you, take a box, or if you are better, <laughs> you take a... An arc file. Each of these receipts religiously keep file them. them and keep them. Okay. Take a notebook or a diary with you. Anytime you make a payment, write it down. Anytime that money comes to you, write it down. Of course, if you are giving receipts and so on, they are what I call the source general. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So when the accountant comes, right, this is data. He's the one who's going, oh, this one is business promotion entertainment. This one is fuel. This is vehicle maintenance. This is TNT that you gave to so and so. This is this. This is your electricity bill. Then he will classify. That's why I say that the 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 accountant comes to analyze mm. all that you are being asked to do is write them down. I understand even with your momo. If you use momo, you cannot get a statement out of it. Yes, but it will, then you will probably have to tell them that oh, this. You see names. So this person you gave the money to, what was it? It was for this and it was for that. So you now have to provide a bit of information. You know, so if you will stick to that, Mm -hmm. then you have it. 
And I also mentioned that that is as far as you, the owner who started his business, can go. Because there are other things that the accountant will now come in for. You bought a vehicle, and so he will now, what you said, you know, he will now bring in these things of depreciation mm-hmm. and so on. Or you, uh, yeah, you gave a loan, or no, you gave credit sales somebody, so he was your debtor. Mm-hmm. You find out a man has not died. How do you treat it? Is it an asset or he'll tell you how okay. to write it off and so on. But those, he'll use what we call journals. Mm-hmm. So the other things, when he's questioning you, he'll bring. But what you have is what we call incomplete accounts. So the accountant will help you and fit in the pieces to come up with what is acceptable. But essentially, all of this starts with you. Yes. Ensuring you that have, you are providing the data yes, out of which because you can be can, the bookkeeper you don't need any special skills to be to the do. bookkeeper fantastic this is a master class and uh, i'm in Shirado. i'm sitting in for yao banafo uh, who's your regular host uh, phone lines uh, uh, can be open now and i think uh, we also will want to hear from you if you have uh, questions uh, do send us your thoughts on uh, uh, handles on uh, twitter at joy 99.7 fm and uh, Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll open the phone lines and hear from you. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551-1119997 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back, and uh, this is Masterclass coming to you live from our studios here in Kokomimli, Joy 99.7 FM. And uh, the phone lines uh, can be accessed by dialing 0302-216-541 or 055-1111-997. So today's show is brought to you by Goyle, Good Energy, Goyle Yenarayadi. And uh, we've been learning quite a lot. And I have uh, a few questions just before we start taking our calls. Now, um, can bad corporate governance affect bookkeeping? Oh, definitely. You know, good governance by itself means doing the right thing. Right. And if you're not doing the right thing, then obviously you're not getting the uh, right information across. Okay. Now, let's take a, a, a different slant. Mm-hmm. We have something we call management override. Okay. That means you've set up a company or just a handful of staff. You've put certain rules there. Then you keep violating the rules. For example, a simple one that official vehicles are used for official purposes. So everything is parked there. Then you now take it and give it to your wife and she drives it to say Kumasi and back. And the fuel costs and things. The accountant doesn't know is it a company cost or, or we have a to, personal uh-huh, cost? Okay. That is a simple of that type of example. And if you keep doing these things often, you see, the business owner often says, Oh, this is my own business. Uh, uh, I want 5,000. I want this. And sometimes the accountant says, Yes, sir, what did you use this money for? Oh, find somewhere to fix it and things like that. So a time comes when, okay, he'll fix it somewhere. That when somebody is doing a review, 
certain things are picked up easily. You'd be surprised at the kind of things that any seasoned accountant can pick by just looking at your financials. Some five, ten minutes, they can tell you these accounts have been cooked. Because you don't know the relationships too well. But in Ghana, that is the point that if you look at a lot of financial statements, you won't see dividends. Mm. But they are living quite well, which yeah. means their business is successful to some point, obviously. So maybe they take the dividend at the start. Ah, so it means they have uh, found a way of taking monies out. So now, if a would-be investor comes and he's looking at it, he says, nah, they don't declare dividend because it's a key sign. We invest on the stock exchange. What are you taking? Well, of course, you dividends want some dividends out of it. Absolutely. So you set up a company and then it's big enough and no dividends. Then any outside person looking at your business will start to be suspicious from the very beginning. Of course, because if you are not making any profits, living well, and you expect me to come and bet on your business with my money. Yes. You see, so those are some of the things that look, declare dividend. And if you ask them why they are not declaring dividend, it's tax they claim they are dodging. And it's just 8%. So if you pay the 8% and then you get a better capital structure. You see, look at, any time you come across any financial statement, you look at it. You'll find maybe the business was set up six, seven, ten years ago with maybe just ten thousand. Mm-hmm. And that capital hasn't been touched, it's still ten thousand. Mm-hmm. But you find a retained profits figure can even be as high as five million, right? Or they've even valued some properties sometime in the past. So you have some uh, uh, revaluation reserves in there. So if you look at the equity funds, it's a significant figure. But what you actually have there as stated capital is it's still small. the start, the, the, the money see, that was used to start. The figure and retain profits, you can decide to take it all out today. So if an investor is coming, he realizes, hey, I can put in money right now, a person can say this is this, and take it out. So all those are becoming flag, red flags. Mm-hmm. You want to be serious, then transfer some monies into the capital, make it commensurate and correspond with you. So you put up a building, you put up this, you did. Because if you get one year of a catastrophic event like COVID, it can wipe up so much of your uh, profit. Mm-hmm. And although the whole equity funds or shareholders funds would have re- would reduce, if you are transferred to capital, even though there may be negative, everybody will see the kind of capital that the that owners have injected. actually put it. Yeah. Because when you leave it there, there's a risk that one day can be wiped out. Mm-hmm. So when you're telling the people that, look, it's the way you presented your... Uh, uh, financials that has given these kind of indicators. So, if you have a better understanding of the implications of various figures in your financial statements, mm-hmm. you will be a bit more careful about them. Now you understand that this is a risk because it's all about risk. That's right. Anybody looking at your financial statement, look at it at risk. And let me give you a simple example because um, sometimes people, a staff of one of the uh, financial institutions. Mm-hmm. He was offered a better deal, maybe a few thousands more per month. And he wanted to now resign from where he had been maybe 10 years and go. A few of his friends said, look, I've sort of heard a few things about this company you want to go to. Why don't you go and dig around a bit and have a sense of, oh, what? whatever. And he went two months later, that bank was closed down by, or that financial institution was closed down by the, uh, the, the regulators. The, the regulator, so all right. of a sudden, yeah. there he was unemployed and he couldn't go back. All because even as a staff, an employee of a company, he failed to do the. You diligence. have to, yeah. So if you are in a company, you have to also try to see what is happening. 
am I, is my future guaranteed? If not, maybe it's time to look for a, another mm-hmm. option mm-hmm. and so forth. You know, so you, you, these are some of the things that people have to reconsider all the time. Yeah. yeah. You've taken us through quite a number of things. You've explained um, what assets are, liabilities, both when they're current and otherwise. Um, you've talked about how gross profit and net profit is, is, is derived. Uh, what is revenue? What is sales? Um, cash flow. And, and what I would also like for you to run us through would be where do you see the place of uh, tax and also uh, insurance in this, uh, uh, you know, financial conversation? Yeah, basically, um, if you own, say, a vehicle, mm-hmm. and you are a company and you insured it, comprehensive. If it's, it's a risk mitigation method. Okay. So the car was involved in an accident and was a write-off. If you didn't have insurance cover, it's a total write-off. Mm. If and you had a cost ins- to the business. Yes. A loss. Yes, a loss. Yeah. You have to write it off. But if you insured and the insurer replaced it, you mitigated loss. Okay. So insurance is likely to mitigate losses. Mm-hmm. If it's over your staff, certain unforeseen events take place and the insurance company has to come in. Mm-hmm. It's all to mitigate losses. Okay. That's what insurance is essentially doing in financial statements right. uh, uh, to, to help that aspect. Now, the second um, um, aspect is uh, what you, uh, about the cash flows. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole point is that at the end of the day, is the cash that is determining. People make the mistake of thinking we are calculated profits, so that automatically means that we have cash. So sometimes you look at financial statement, you might discover that the person seems to be doing well, but you go and look at the back cash balance. Cash balance and it's small, yeah. Yeah, because there are some things perhaps you have played games with and it's reflecting. You know, for example, uh, again, let me use a microfinance because people ask a lot of questions at that time. You are computing interest. It doesn't mean you've got the cash for it. You know I've I've taken a loan. But I'm calculating the interest. Yes, you are calculating it monthly. And, and the my person hope is that you will pay. Uh-huh. And the person didn't pay. So your PNL is showing that, oh, you are doing well. But it does not reflect in Because, because the cash has not it's arrived. It's growing as, as a loan balance or a, a, a debtor balance. Yeah. Are, are you getting me? So, um, you might just suddenly find one. You, you, you seem to be doing well. You don't have cash. Or the other day, um, um, yeah, I was asking. Um, people have assets and they don't have cash. Yes, yes. If... You go and buy a whole year supply of, say, A4, for example. You lock that the money for a whole year. Mm-hmm. But if you are buying monthly, you could use the money for something else, you know. As and when it's required. Yes, so there's because, a little agility. Uh-huh, and all of that is hard to manage. You know, that's why I'm saying that uh, anyone looking at your accounts will look at certain things and assets and very quickly. Because that is a very quick way of knowing mm-hmm. whether you are managing liquidity well. Because that is very important. Because without cash flow, really, you're stuck. Yes. Because that, that gives you, from my understanding so far, so cash flow is what gives you um, your daily, your day-by-day fuel, essentially, to yes, run the it, business. Yes, what we call working capital. That's right. It's essentially the working capital. That's money you use to pay salaries. You have to buy something. You, you know, There's always a pool of funds that mm. should be available that enables you to meet the expenses as they come up, uh-huh. yeah. including some contingencies. So it's not just enough. Like most of us, you probably know how much you generally keep in your pocket. You know, that will be beyond it, then I'll have to go to an ATM. Exactly. But you generally have an idea of... Huh? That's the same thing in business. 
Wonderful. All right. So um, if you would like to uh, field a few questions, uh, please uh, call us on 0302-216-541 or 055-1111-997. We'll be happy to take questions and comments from you uh, as we discuss this all-important subject matter of bookkeeping and accounting. Uh, we go into business for different reasons, but ultimately to make a profit. Um, and that's cash, money. If you don't keep the books properly... As you say, it will be evident to someone with the eye to understand these things that you have not been prudent with the opportunity of yeah. managing and growing that business. Yeah. And, that, and that could cost you. I think we have our very first uh, caller uh, on the line. Hello, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, could you identify yourself and tell us uh, where you're calling? Is that Kofi? Yeah, this is Kofi from Accra. Oh, fantastic. Kofi, so tell us. Uh, if you have a question, shoot. Yeah, uh, I have. I have, and Ishra, it, it, it's been ages, and uh, good, good to hear from you. Anyways, um, I, I, I want to find out, I mean, if you put up a business here in Ghana, you most definitely must comply when it comes to the laws, because oftentimes we are told that those in the informal sector or those who run these sole proprietorship business, as the man was saying, taking money anyhow, I mean, sometimes it's difficult to track some of those things if not done properly. Um, and we live in an economy. They use the roads. Uh, we all use the roads. We all use the lights and everything. So everybody must pay their taxes and also keep their books well. So is there any regulation, you know, governing even sole proprietorship? Or this only goes for limited liability companies? Because I have been heard a man saying that even when it comes to dividend payments, and I know dividend is paid to people who are holding shares in the company. Okay. So even if this can be done at that level, how much more sole proprietorship? So how uh, um, 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 is this uh, tackled? And also, um, you know, it, it's, it's just so sometimes you wonder why um, the tax authorities will not educate people. Fine, this program is educating people. I, I mean, it, it's a good thing. But then, shouldn't this be done on one-to-one basis? Because I see revenue officers all the time going to these informal people. Shouldn't they teach them how to keep their books? Shouldn't that be something done freely so that GRA can, you know, take the required taxes? Must it always be that you go and seek consultancy somewhere before you can understand what a fixed asset is and all of that? Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kofi, for that question. And uh, we'll get answers in a moment. But I think I've got Kojo on the line. Good afternoon, Kojo. Hi, Kojo. Good afternoon. Could you speak up a, a little bit? Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Kojo. Yes. Um, um, we have a press conference at the Akosombo tomorrow. And uh, my colleague has been trying to reach you, join you. Okay, um, uh, if you'd stay on the line, the production team will uh, handle that uh, call. But if you have a question or a, a, a comment to make, do call us on 0302-216-541 or 055-1111-997. Kofi's question is very interesting. That, yeah. you know, dividends are often paid yeah. to shareholders. And yes. in a sole proprietorship, yes. there's only one shareholder. Do these principles apply? You see, when you're a sole proprietorship, is more or less you and the business are one, mm. right? The limited liability company gives you protection that the business is separate from you. So if you're a sole proprietor, 
it means that if if you you borrow money or you are under any kind of liability, it can hit you personal. Okay. So, in the accounts of uh, sole proprietorship, it's slightly different from what it is in a limited liability company. Mm-hmm. So you will find that the owner's profits, right? There's also drawings. That means he can take in and out. All right. And at the end of it, the net figure is what is sort of recorded. Right. So there's some fluidity in, in, yes, in that. Yes, a bit different. And yeah. Okay. You know. Fantastic. We'll come into that in a moment. I think I have Oti Boating on the line. Oti, good afternoon. Afternoon, sure. I trust all is well with you. Everything is okay. We thank God for that. Could you yeah. uh, fire your question or if it's yeah, a, a, a contribution you'd like to make? I'm a chiller. And only one, only I one person. Well, I have an acquaintance. All of them have gone. So left only me. So bookkeeping, I try to keep some books. But what he's saying, if I'm going to some places, should I take my books? Normally, I write my expenditure and my income. That's why I do it. Have a book and I learn from multimedia station. I think one of the stations, the director has to teach us how to keep the book. So I always take, after I feel like so one dress, I write it down. Then I buy a stiff, buy the lights for my shop, everything. I write it down. I said that's my expenses. 